So today's service we offer as a prayer in many ways, silent prayers during church, a prayer at the end, and a prayer of memory. And we start today's service with a prayer, a prayer of song.
Today's service begins with a set of readings. The first from Jeremiah, a beautiful, beautiful thing said in the midst of darkness, a beautiful prophetic word. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope, to give you hope and a future. In the second reading from Luke, and this one was very easy to pick, the story of the prodigal son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the livestock. He longed to fill his stomach with just the food that the animals were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up. And went to his father. And this is where the story turns beautifully. It turns beautifully. A son so sure he could never come home. But because of love of parents. Because of love of God. Always. Always. Welcomed home. But while he was still a long way off. His father saw him. And was filled with compassion. He ran to his son. Threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father did this. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed a fattened calf because he is back home, safe and sound. A beautiful story of the return of the prodigal son. The next reading is The Next Place by Olivia, Harry, and Michael. I won't know where I'm going, and I don't know where I've been. As I tumble through the always, I look back toward when. I'll glide beyond the rainbows. I'll drift above the skies. I'll fly into the wonder without ever wondering why. I won't remember getting there, 
somehow I'll just arrive. But I'll know that I belong there and will feel much more alive than I've ever felt before. I will be absolutely free of things that I held on to and that were holding on to me. The next place that I'll go will be so quiet and so still that the whispered song of sweet belonging will rise up to fill the listening sky with joyful silence and with unheard harmonies of music made by no one playing like a hush upon a breeze. There will be no room for darkness in that place of living light where an ever-dawning morning pushes back the dying night, the very air that fills with brilliance as the brightly shining sun and the moon and half-million stars are married into one. The next place that I go won't really be a place at all. There won't be any seasons, winter, summer, spring, or fall. Nor a Monday, nor a Friday, nor December or July, and the seconds will be standing still while hours hurry by. I will not be a boy or a girl, a woman or a man. I will simply be just simply me, no worse or better than. My skin will not be dark or light. I won't be fat or tall. The body I once lived in won't be part of me at all. I will finally be perfect. I will be without a flaw. I will never make one more mistake or break the smallest law. And the me that was impatient or was angry or unkind or simply will simply be a memory than me I left behind. I will travel empty-handed. There is nothing, a single thing, I have collected in my life that would ever I would bring except the love of those who loved me and the warmth of those who cared, the happiness and memories and the magic that we shared. Mommy. Though I will know the joy of solitude, I'll never be alone. I'll be embraced by all the family and friends I have ever known. Although may I, I might not see their faces, all our hearts will beat as one, and the circle of our spirits will shine brighter than the sun. I will cherish all the friendships I was fortunate to find, all the love and all the laughter in the place I leave behind. All these good things will go with me. They will make my spirit glow. And that light will shine forever in the next place that I go. The Memorial Address, honoring the life of Nicholas Anthony. Born October 8, 1989, to loving parents Ruth and Tony, joining siblings Emily and Julia, eventually nephew and nieces Olivia, Ruby, Maggie, and Elliot, his godson. His schooling went from St. Martha's to Ryan to Tennant. His work was that of a jack-of-all-trades, waiter, landscaper, snow removal, valet, and he loved a good storm. What of, though, his life? What of the man? What underneath these pieces? The adjectives that were used, a loving, caring, kind, fun, wild, friendly, outgoing, free-spirited, 
adventurous, charming, compassionate, forgiving, good-natured, perfectionist, sympathetic young man. Or as his dad would summarize that all, a pip. <laughs> Some of us cruise very gently through life, born to be mild. But others cruise through life far differently, leaving a far greater mark, and his was not to cruise through life quietly and gently. One can see that in stories of him as a child, a story of him being very small, dressed in a Batman costume, deciding to see if he really could fly, finding out several stitches later he could not. And that desire for costumes continued on throughout his life. A famous Austin Powers costume where he won best costume at the Phillies. A Dr. Feelgood costume, making love potion. That desire, again, to live life fully. Skateboarding and X Games. A young man who could even make Little League Baseball sliding into home. An adventure. An adventure. Adventurous and stubborn. He was very true to his friends, to his buddy, and despite not being very good at getting away with things, he was the one who would gladly take the rap. Somebody who would fight and hug. This was echoed in lines left by his friends on his Facebook page. A few beautiful lines that I want to share. Now you can watch over everyone you love and be with your nieces and nephew every day. You are missed by many. Sleep well, angel. Rest easy, buddy. Look over your friends and family. And that stubborn part had this beautiful side to it of an amazingly big heart. Again, in that big heart seen and witnessed from a very young age. At the age of six, Nick was visiting his great-grandmother in an Alzheimer's ward, among many patients, many older patients who had Alzheimer's. And they were all convinced that this sweet little boy was actually their grandson. <laughs> Tony told the story then of being called out by the nurse out into the hall because, again, Nick had that Nick side, and he had lined 12 of them up in a row in wheelchairs. <laughs> and no doubt gotten candy from every single one. In sixth grade, and listen to this story. His parents at church at the script office approached by an older man, an older man by the name of John. John wanted to thank his parents for what Nick had done for his mother. He said, your son made my mother's last months so very happy. What had happened? In school, Nick had been asked to write to a shut-in, which he did without telling his parents, without even asking them for a stamp. He delivered the letter in person and had struck up a friendship with this woman who he visited for years. Maybe the most significant ministry any of us can offer, the simple Ministry of presence no longer con concerned with whether we measure up, only concerned, only concerned with do we show up. A beautiful big heart. And that same great big kind heart spilled out all over his nieces and nephews. This included 
Things like a sleepover, playing pool, a wonderful picture which I hope all of you get to see. It's him behind Elliot doing this because <laughs> he was going to teach him to man up. Beautiful, wonderful connection, a heart overflowing with love, and that included incredible love of his two sisters, an incredible love of his parents. He was, admittedly, and his parents admitted as well, a mama's boy. Always asking her, including up to just a few weeks ago, wanting another haircut and some more clothes, and offering bigger-than-life hugs. And obviously, we gather here knowing full well and knowing candidly that his life was not without struggles. Struggles that centered on the disease of addiction. And I think it's important to be able to say that, that Nick hated what the disease was doing to him and, and did to him. And that needs to be heard. There's no glorifying in it. There's a simple sadness that it did indeed get the better of him. He always thought he was going to make it, but as we know, he did not, and just reached a point where he could not do it anymore. So as often happens, we see a life caught between two wisdoms, a kind, open heart, a wisdom of tenderness, the greatest of, the greatest of identity, the greatest of truth that we can hold and live out into our lives, the wisdom of tenderness. And the other part of that, and you think about the tattoo on his right shoulder, was the wisdom of the cross. A wisdom that is the wisdom that, yes, life indeed has suffering. That we all have our cross to bear. That part of this life is hard, is difficult. And what we need to learn to do is to suffer with one another as best we can. That's where the word compassion, to suffer with comes from. And what is on the other side of that? What happens when somebody of Nick's age passes and moves on? I want to share with you that story. And it's a story to bring peace and smile and maybe a little bit of light in a very dark time. Nick is awoken gently by God. Gently, peacefully. Surrounded by angels, and the word angels actually means messenger, and they carry one message. You are loved. That living experience of the prodigal son. That living experience that says very simply, poignantly, Lovingly, with a gentle touch, welcome home. And no doubt he will be surrounded very quickly by those who loved him. Those who have passed on before. Those who know, as we all do here, that he simply tried his very best. And what kind of life will he discover there? Well, he'll be introduced into a new life. A transforming life. An unfolding life. And that unfolding life is this. That's where the very best angels of his nature that each of you saw, witnessed, touched, and knows. That true him. That you really know was him. 
That's the part that comes to life. That's the part that God grows very tenderly. And he doesn't just grow it in an instant. It grows through all of eternity. That is the brilliance of the next place. And and just imagine that best self. Just for a minute. Imagine that best self. Just allow your whole body to feel this. Imagine how good Nick will feel. Freed from addiction. Just for a minute, imagine it. Free to love, free to care, free to serve, free to be with us in spirit in new and amazing ways. That part of us that is eternally alive. And it's a reminder, it's a reminder of the biggest picture of life. And I say this all the time, I think it is so important. That Nick, at times like this, it's a reminder that we all are this. We are all just angels walking each other home. To put it as simply as possible. And imagine that gentle peace. And I, and I, and I think about this, and it just, it's, I think God's love reflects this wisdom that we all know. For those of us who are parents, for those of us who are parents, when our child is having a nightmare, When our child is scared and frightened and crawls into bed with us, what do we all say? What do we all say? It's going to be okay. Just imagine a loving angel. A loving angel. A grandparent who's known him forever. And it's going to be okay. Maybe... That is, again, the unique wisdom of the cross. Where Christ can say, yes, there is suffering and there is also fullness of joy. That we oftentimes don't get life because we just see a picture, but that there is a bigger picture. And in some way, somehow, we all know that. Maybe that is one of the greatest of our human gifts. To have that sure wisdom, born of love. And he will be around. Over time, he will make himself known in different ways. I believe when people pass young, it's a thin place. Where the spiritual world and the natural world are not wildly divergent, but where they actually are close. He may show up as a cardinal. Cigarette butts in the yard. A stray Pokemon card. A reminder to just pray. And other signs as well. From his sister Emily, I share this email. Last night on my way home from my parents' house, I started talking out loud to Nick. I told him he needs to give me signs so I know he's in a better place and not suffering anymore. That he needs to watch over my girls. I let him know I forgave him. Does he forgive me? And that I hope he now really knows how much I loved him. I was so overcome with emotion that I had to pull over and park the car. When I looked up, there was the brightest, biggest, full arch rainbow that wasn't there in the seconds before. I've never in my life seen a rainbow like that. I know it was him. I felt him right then. 
rainbows, going back to the time of the Old Testament, is the sign of God's covenant with us. And notice where rainbows show up. Rainbows show up after a storm has passed through. Where our back is to the sun and the storm is moving away. It's hard to imagine Nick having picked a better symbol than the symbol of the rainbow. And many ask, will we see him again? I believe uncategorically, yes. And that doesn't mitigate the pain, that doesn't mitigate the loss, that doesn't mitigate not having his simple presence. In no way does it make this moment unpainful. But it's just to simply speak to a bigger picture. You will know him when you find your way home, maybe by his booming laugh, maybe by a tattoo that has morphed from survivor to thriver. And I'm sure his first words will be words of love and gratitude. He knows that you cared and that you loved him and that you did everything you could for him. He would want to make sure I told you that. And he knows that you walked with him in lightness and in dark. This is what we know. Our next speakers, our first, will be Emily, followed by Tony. beautiful baby brother with a big loving heart and loud laugh. I would give anything to have just one more day with you here or for just one more hug from you. Julie and I both agree that you gave the biggest, best hugs. You were loved so much more than you ever realized. You will be missed more than anything. Our hearts are heavy and we are mourning because you're physically gone. But we have a sense of peace knowing that you're not suffering anymore and that you're in a better place. You put up a good fight. Addiction is a disease and was a daily struggle for you. You were tortured. We know you wanted to beat it. We know this wasn't what you wanted for yourself or how you wanted your life to end. We know it consumed you and was impossible to control at times. We know in those times that was not you. We are proud of you. We will honor your beautiful soul and remember you at your best. The Nick we will forever hold dear in our hearts was healthy, funny, playful, carefree, kind, generous, loving, and loyal. We will continue to focus on the wonderful times we had with you and on the beautiful memories you left us with. We know you loved us and that your nieces and nephew meant more to you than anything else in the world. I'm so happy you got to meet Maggie. She's a little high maintenance like Nick was. <laughs> I'm happy you got to meet her before you left us. We'll always share stories of you 
so the kids will never forget the Uncle Nick they adored so much. It's your job to watch over us now. Please keep sending us signs so we know you're still here. Keep coming to us in our dreams. Rest in peace, our little brother. We love you. My son-in-law, Tim, and Kevin, just wanted him to stand up here with me. You know, Nick was my son, and he was so much like me. He was stubborn, had a warped sense of humor. I think that's why we fought and butted heads all the time. He's a great son. He loved his sisters. He was so proud of them. He admired his brother-in-laws and looked up to them. And as you heard, he especially loved his nieces and his nephew. Everybody, his friends that he had down in Florida in rehab, they all knew about, about his nieces and his nephew. Addiction's a very hard, mean disease, very ugly. And Nick, Nick fought fought addiction for 10, almost 10 long years, he fought it. And he fought it hard and he gave it everything he had. He just couldn't fight anymore. <clears throat> but through those 10 years, something kept always bringing us back together. And, and it was his love. I feel that love today, I feel him today. Throughout me. <clears throat> we had such beautiful times when he had sobriety. He had periods of sobriety. About two years ago, he was down in Florida, and we went down Florida, Ruth and I, his mom and I. <clears throat> we just went down. We surprised him at night where he was working. He was working his butt off, too. He could hardly take a chance time to see us. And we just hung out for a week, and we just did little things. Showed us around. We saw where he was living in a halfway house. We went shopping. We met some of his friends. And then we took a trip to the Everglades. And uh, it was just a little trip of hanging out. But I wouldn't trade that trip for anything in the world. It was better than going to see the eight wonders of the world or whatever. It was just such a great, great time. And we had a lot of times like that. <clears throat> and through it all, I learned a lot from Nick. And I hope he learned some things from me. And I just wanted to share some of the things I learned from him. <clears throat> One of the things I learned was to just not take things for granted. Because, you know, you don't know. And uh, to embrace the little things, the little times you have. Just about four weeks ago, I called him, told him there was a fight coming on. We both love boxing. 
I told him there was a fight coming on. He said, Dad, I'm, I'm going to a meeting. But, you know, thanks for calling me. I'm, I'm going to try to DVR it. And uh, just something like that meant just so much. I just, I just enjoyed just that, a little phone call. And he told me not to be so judgmental because I'm a mean guy sometimes and I can judge people. And, and I met people through Nick that I wouldn't have given a second glance at. I wouldn't have given them the time of day. And when I met these people, they were some of the most beautiful people in the world. Maybe a couple here, you know. And one of the best things I learned from him was forgiveness. Because through addiction, there are times when everything's insane. You know, it's not just a disease. With the addict, it's a disease. It gets family members insane, and I was insane. And uh, he forgave me millions and millions of times. I had to forgive him for a lot of things, but he forgave me many more times. So he left me with a lot of good gifts. He's my son, I love him. And I do feel him every part of my body. And I want to thank everybody here for their support and all that came. He was a mama's boy. You know, and that used to get me sometimes. He would call on the phone and I'd be talking to him and he'd say, where's mom? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it like that. He was a great guy. And I love him. Thank you. Something to say. I'm not asking you to move on, forget it. But these are better days. To be wrong, all along, and admit it, it's not amazing, great. But to be loved, like a song you remember, even when you change. Tell me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. 
That wasn't me When you're lost You will toss Every lucky corn you'll ever trust And you'll hide From your God Like he ever turned his back on us And you will fall All the way to the bottom And land on your own night And you will learn who you are if it doesn't take your life Tell me Did I go on a tangent? Did I lie through my teeth? Did I cause you to stumble on your feet? Did I bring shame on my family? Showing I was weak, whatever you see, that wasn't me, that wasn't me, oh, that wasn't me. So to close today's memorial service, in these times of dark, it's like walking into a dark room and you capture these little pieces of light, these little pieces that remind us of Nick's life, a life well lived, a loving, kind-hearted young man who passed too soon. And to close today's service, I'd ask us all to join in a very simple prayer, and then I'm going to do a blessing on the family, and we'll have a final song, because I think this prayer is so important at times like this. These are the 11 words to passing well, and I'm going to say them, and then I'd ask you to say them, and say them prayerfully and out loud. The first three, I forgive you. I forgive you. Please Forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's why they could say death be not proud. Because death has nothing to be proud of. There is a life here, a life to be celebrated and honored and grieved. And a life that we will know again. Amen. 
We'll now have the last song, Father and Son. This is for Nick, Sirigolo family, and everyone here today. Thanks for coming. It's not time to make a change. Just relax, take it easy. There's so much you have. Girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry me. But I'm I was once like you are now, and I know that it's not easy to come to found something good. Take your time, think a lot. Think of everything you've got. You're still tomorrow, but your dreams may How can I try to explain when I do returns away? Yeah, it's always been the same, same old story. From the moment I could talk, I was all here to listen. Now there's a way, and I know that I have to go away. I know I have to go away.
girl, settle down if you want. You can marry me. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. All the time that I cried, keeping all the things I knew inside. It's hard, but it's harder to ignore it. If they were right, I'd agree. But it's them, they know not me. Now there's a way. I know that I have to go We're close to these service with a blessing on the families of the folks who stand and gather and the folks who be right here. Just join me in spirit as we bless them. Inspired great loss. May you feel the connection. One to another. May you hold Vic gently in your hands. May you feel his loving presence around you. Remembering the words that we belong, we belong to each other. Support each other in this time of sadness. Grieve and find the beautiful memories as well. Feel the love of each other. Feel the love of friends and family. Feel God's love and feel the hands of friends supporting you at this time. In the name of the Lord God Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. And keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you and your family peace. Amen. And that concludes today's memorial. Folks, you are welcome to join us for refreshments in the community room right outside to the right of the chapel.